Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution. Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com and click media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast. Hello, everybody. Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution, and today, delighted to be your happy podcast host, broadcasting from the casita. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution, creators of Fuse, the insurance marketing software that skyrockets retention, boosts policy per customer, Makes your clients love your agency. What more could you want without you having to hire more staff, programmers, or technologists? If you haven't done it lately, do yourself a favor. Visit agencyrevolution.com. Request a free demo of the software that agents and brokers are literally raving about. And um, I, as I have been known to say, I'm excited about today's podcast episode in part because I've wanted to do this for a really long time because I believe the topic is central. I, b- I believe the topic is actually core to the health of the independent agency system and to the health of your agency, every agency, because essentially what we're talking about is the depth and the strength of the bond that you have with your customer base and the direct line that the financial health and the future of your agency has to that relationship. We've often said, I think always, um, I've been in the industry 25 years. uh, When I was thinking about taking a position in the industry, people said, you're going to love it. This is a relationship business. And now we have the opportunity not only to prove it, but uh, as you will discover in this podcast, to measure it and uh, engage in the um, science of data so that you have actionable items and that you can move from, from this point forward, move closer and closer to deeper, stronger, lifelong relationships with your customer base. Brandon Brown, Vice President of Product Experience and Creative at Agency Revolution, reveals what agency principals really need to know about the science of loyalty and uh, as you will discover, we do dive uh, deeply into, I, I really consider this a master class in the Net Promoter Score, NPS, as you may have heard it, and how to, how to use it, how to understand it, how to master it, and how to make it an, uh, an ongoing useful tool within the independent insurance agency system. So... If your relationship with your customer is, if it matters to you, and I believe that it does, you're going to love this podcast. Brandon Brown. Brandon Brown, excited to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Okay. So um, this is an important conversation, and in some ways, this is one that I've wanted to have with the industry or perhaps for the industry for such a long time. And, uh, of course, um, well, now we have a, a really good uh, rationale to talk about it. So, let's, so I want to get started. We're going to talk about the Net Promoter Score and the role that it's played in um, the industry in general, evaluating customer satisfaction, and now uh, kind of the next generation of NPS scoring as it's available to the retail insurance agency. So, boom. First, Brandon, if you would be kind enough to introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. So, I'm Brandon Brown. I am the... Uh Vice President of Product Experience and Creative at Agency Revolution, um, and I oversee uh, a lot of creative stuff um, and a lot of those soft moments between our product and our customers and kind of what that relationship is like and how we can foster that and what implications that has for the rest of the business. And uh, um, as far as kind of my connection to NPS is uh, I've rolled it out to I'd say five or six different um, uh, medium-sized businesses mm-hmm. uh, help them roll out NPS as a strategy 
um, skinned our knees a few times, learning some lessons there. Um, and then also on the agency revolution end, um, uh, I've been a part of rolling that out to uh, to uh, independent insurance agents out there. Got it. All right. And you have been there, <laughs> and I guess I mean that in a general sense, for a long time, for like almost 10 years. Yeah. With yep. with uh, I mean, yep. e- agency revolution slash mm-hmm. and or uh, FMG suite, the owner, uh, the you know, the, the family, yep. the owner company of agency revolution. So uh, and and your role. Uh, so would you say your role really it's kind of that interesting nexus between, uh, like you said, the soft spot, the human side, the experience and um, the technology? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically. We, you know, we, um, and I think every organization, whether this is a full-time role or like in our organization, where it's an actual team, um, or if it's just something that somebody's thinking about on a um, on a part-time basis, um, it's thinking about how the thing, the business you built, what that really means to the people um, that interact with it. Um, it's a little bit of an extension of brand in some ways, mm-hmm. um, and just making sure that that's in, that you're engineering that and really reflecting on that and learning from the marketplace. Um, so it's very different from something like uh, customer service, which is, you know, typically proactive, right. super, you know, project-based versus actually engineering um, a customer experience, which I think would be really familiar to uh, um, the, uh, the insurance agents out there who probably wish they could dedicate a little bit more of their time to engineering customer experience at, you know, at the 10,000-foot level mm-hmm. instead of just being in the weeds all day. Got it. All right. So um, just made a note to myself to book you for a follow-up podcast sometime in the future to talk about that whole um, concept of customer experience and creating a customer journey. So put that on your future calendar. Uh, But for now, (laughs) there's there's a critical tool that is widely used across industry and really widely used within the industry uh, called Net Promoter Score. And you've got the expertise, like, as you said, you've launched for half a dozen com- uh, companies. You've, you've launched it for Agency Revolution. Um, and, uh, and now uh, you've got some role as Agency Revolution launches an NPS platform um, to the, for the retail insurance agency. So let's, let's go. So, um, I, I want to give a little bit of an overview to our listeners. Uh, one that this is, this really is a very important conversation. So if you don't know NPS or you don't have the tools for it, don't worry. Uh, it, it, this is something that people I would say should understand and, um, and you're going to give us a master class on it, right? Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's it's it, we'll do it, but my job is mostly asking questions, and your job is to share the wisdom because you've got a lot of experience with it. So, let's let's go um, st- as we usually do. Let's start really big picture, and then I I really want to get into the tactical practical um, where the rubber hits the road in an independent insurance agency. But starting really big picture, what is NPS? Where did it come from? Right. So NPS stands for Net Promoter Score. Um, And the way that I look at it, and a lot of other folks look at it, is it's essentially a way of measuring customer loyalty um, and measuring um, what your customers think about you at any given moment, other than just using anecdotal information or, you know, financial metrics. Um, So what it does is it's basically a survey um, that you send out to your customers um, that asks, if, uh, um, how likely on a scale of 1 to 10 or 0 to 10 um, uh, they are to recommend your business to a friend. And this is that one question. And then if they answer that question, there's actually a little bonus follow-up question, which is why or why not. Ah. Um, yep, which is there can be a lot of good meat in there. So basically you're getting a nice little statistical number to work with, um, something kind of a, a little more metric-based, and then, and then you're getting kind of some soft data. Um, that I can speak to some of the ways to manage both those. And then that number that you get um, is run through a formula uh, that breaks up your responses um, into promoters, neutrals, and detractors. It breaks your – so it breaks those – so you're not really looking at a um, – hey, you know, on a – on, a, on five stars, how many stars are you, are you giving us? Right. The answer is 3.5 on average. It's really saying, okay, your business is made up of an audience, and that audience is either promoting you 
they're out there in the public talking positively about you. They're your best marketing, um, and, and, and this is how many of those you have. Um, they're either neutral, meaning they're happy to work with you, but they're not bringing you up in conversation, um, or they're detractors. And those detractors are the people that when you come up in conversation, they say, oh, i got to tell you about such and such business. And, and those are the people that really um, drain your business and are you know, basically doing reverse marketing out there. And it's good to have your thumb on, on what percentage of your customer base fall into those three categories. And that's what N- NPS um, uh, is really there to do. And, and, and what you do with that is obvious. You, you try to minimize the number of detractors and maximize the number of promoters. Um, but overall, what you walk away with is a general sense of loyalty um, because you can use these numbers to do things like um, anticipate churn, um, anticipate uh, just what sort of goodwill is out there, and make you know, changes in, in, your, in your business policy based on um, uh, what the numbers and the comments are telling you. Um, Got it. And, and, where it really, yeah, and you ask kind of where it came from, um, uh, uh, there's, there's a few different schools of thought on where it came from, mm-hmm. um, but there is a book out there um, that is kind of considered the, the Bible of NPS, which is called The Ultimate Question uh, 2.0 is the latest version of right. it. Um, um, and, uh, and it really kind of is a, it's a nice, thick book on the topic. Cause, so for anybody that out there that's, um, who this sounds really intriguing to, um, uh, it's it's kind of the must read on the topic, and it walks through a lot of really nice case studies from like Charles Schwab um, um, and other big organizations that impl- and Apple um, that implemented Net Promoter Score ah. to better understand what levels of loyalty they actually had out there in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and that that book I think is pretty much everyone who's who's taking Net Promoter Score really seriously. Um, that's that, their start. That point. is kind of their no, Bible. No and it's my understanding the author came from a Bain consulting background. That's right. Yep. And, yep, exactly. um, yeah. All right. And so Bain has done some terrific work in this industry, and I'm sure we'll circle around uh, on that uh, in regards to the net promoter score, uh, which I think, uh, f- uh, honestly, I think. Uh, their findings have huge strategic implications for the uh, independent insurance agency principle in terms of yeah, uh, market selection uh, and where they take their agency and what they focus on. So I want to circle back to something you said, Brandon, um, uh, uh, and I'm slightly deconstructing, but on one hand, you said, yes, you, you get a, um, a, a fairly a- accurate sense of the loyalty your customers have toward your business, but it also sub-segments, it breaks it down so that uh, you've got some actionable items, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, so That's the big idea. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Idea. And, and, the, and there's a, um, a kind of unique way of scoring, um, creating the NPS score. Can you describe what that is? Yeah, and, you know, to be honest, I, I have to do the, the form. I don't know the formula by memory because I use calculators yeah. at this point. But it basically takes your um, – it adds up your responses. Uh-huh. It takes the number of promoters. Um, uh, and while we're talking here, I'll look this up so I have the specific formula. Um, but it, it subtracts your promoters from that base. Um, uh, so it subtracts the detractors the- from the promoters. Is that right? There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And and that's it le- right. and and, it, and and the neutrals are not counted. Am I am I right about that? They're that's correct. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You know. And while we're talking here, I re- I really will look this up just so I can give the exact formula because it is kind of one of the interesting things in there. It's one of the things you learn about it, and then you also instantly say, "Good, I'm going to let a calculator." Yeah. Right. <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, while, while you're looking it up, I'll put it in a little perspective and, and read something um, from some research that was um, includes insurance industry research. But for general reference, this is a quote from um, clear rated, Clearly Rated's um, website. For reference, global NPS standards classify 50% NPS as excellent and 70% NPS is world-class and recognizable service leaders like Nordstrom have an NPS of 75% uh, compared to Comcast, a notorious service laggard whose clients give them a negative one NPS. Right. Right. And that's, that's an interesting thing about NPS 
it, it, it you know, ranges from negative 100 to positive 100. So any given company's score isn't going to be zero to 100. It's going to be negative 100 um, uh, uh, um, to positive 100. And, and, I've, and I've worked kind of in all of those scenarios of kind of ah. uh, well, so, business that was in the negative and, uh-huh. and, you know, businesses that have a great reputation like Agency Revolution, um, who's, you know, up uh, has a really nice high net promotion. By, by the way, and yeah, that's probably proprietary, but I was super pleased when we chatted last time and you mentioned, you told me what uh, uh-huh. Agency Rev's NPS score was. That was, that was, uh, that was very pleasant. Um, yeah, yep. So so uh, so and it was pleasant for for um, you know for a few reasons, but one which let, let me preface it with this question: Isn't it true that uh, not only do companies have an NPS score, but industries tend to lean towards uh, kind of an, N, an overall NPS rating? Absolutely. Talk a, think, you know. Yeah, talk to us about that for a sec. Yeah, I mean, so if you just think about it, and, and just just for the sake of everyone listening, the formula is, is your, let's say that you had 100 people respond, and uh, 50% of those people that responded were promoters, which means that they gave a 9 or 10, right? That's all, that's all this, you know, on that 1 to 10 scale. Um, nine you got to be really high, yeah, 9 or 10. Yeah, really and, high. Uh-huh. Let's say 50% gave you that. You'd subtract the percentage that were detractors, and let's say that was 25%, okay. you know? Um, so 25 out of 100. Um, so you'd have a net promoter score of that, in that case, of, of positive 25. 25%. Right. Yeah. And the reason it can go down to negative is, let's say that, actually, I had mostly detractors. So <laughs> you, well, right. Reverse those two numbers, 25%, mm-hmm. uh, you know, promoters yeah. and 50% detractors. Boom. Okay. So... Reality of a lot of businesses. I mean, so you know, yeah. the, the DMV isn't sending out a net promoter score, um, but I'm pretty sure that it's going to be in the negative 75. On a on a scale of one to ten, or zero, it's actually zero to ten, isn't it? The the it, 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 different people do it. Different okay, ways, fair so enough. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, uh, so on a scale of one to one to ten, what's the likelihood you'll recommend? the DMV to a friend or a colleague, not going to get a lot of nines or tens, right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. So, yeah. so what is it that you think, I mean, you know, look, I mean, it's, it's fair or unfair. This is the way reality is. Some industries just generally don't get great um, NPS scores and some get better ones. What are the distinctive qualities? Yeah. And I think that's really case by case. So, um, I've reflected on this a lot mm-hmm. in the sense of what is somebody's natural relationship to a certain type of business um, or, or to a certain type of product. So let's just take like the grocery store, for instance. Um, I think, you know, there's a somewhat shared experience and expectation from the grocery store customer experience uh-huh. um, that's uh, pretty similar across the board. It, it's, it, you know, it was providing food. It's kind of, it's a part of providing for your family. And so I would assume in general that grocery stores are going to see a pretty decent um, net promoter score just because of the nature of the business. Mm-hmm. Whereas something <clears throat> like um, the legal field, um, uh, which definitely um, uh, is not as transactional of a moment as going to the grocery store, uh-huh. usually working with a uh, um, a lawyer in moments of stress, and so your general relationship to that product, legal services, um, is just going to be tinged with a, with a with a negative air to it. Um, and so I would assume net promoter scores for lawyers, and I actually know this is the case, um, are in general lawyers are, are lower, not because lawyers are are a poor a, a, a lesser group than grocers, um, but just because we bring a lot of um, our own baggage as customers. Um, to that, and I and, and I think that would that gets really interesting when you start thinking about insurance agents, um, right? And the role that they play in people's lives, um, it's a little bit in between, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're saviors on one hand, um, but unfortunately, they're saviors in what can be really unpleasant moments. Um, uh, they're also uh, bearers of um, peace of mind, you know. So outside the context of those critical moments, there is a nice moment when you when you upgrade your policy and you feel like, yeah, you know what, I'm kind of staged for whatever you know, whatever happens next. 
Um, so there's, it's a it's a complicated tapestry, and I think that but that baggage exists in every industry. Okay. Uh, might circle back to that. So let's take a look at insurance in general. So first of all, it, it's been my experience, and I've worked with carriers all over the United States and Canada. Um, I honestly, I think virtually every single one that I can think of has their NPS score. It's okay. it's yeah. right. Uh-huh. It's a, just a critical part of their uh, of their internal operations, the way they gauge their relationship with their customer base. It's become huge. Yeah, it's become huge. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to share, um, and this is um, you know again, I'm getting this information in this case from Clear Assurance, <laughs> where the consumer's voice is the only voice. Um, <laughs> And they have uh, net promoter scores for uh, auto carriers and homeowner insurance companies. And so uh, this may or may not be a surprise, but it's worth spending a moment on. Um, Again, you might think that insurance companies don't get great um, net promoter scores, and and I'm sure a lot of them don't, okay? Uh, But they do range. The range is significant. Now, I'm only, at this point, really only able to see the top, oh, 30 or so. Um, Okay, up at the very top, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll ask the listeners, you know, to ask themselves, what insurance company do you think has the greatest, highest measurable loyalty? It is USAA and um it uh and and their score I mean this is a really fairly stunning score is 79%. Yeah, that's incredible. That 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 to some degree that would put them in the top, you know, I don't know, 2% of everything. Of, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's really good. And so uh, and the reason that I wanted to kind of bring attention to this is because uh, I suspect that there are a couple of things here. One, the obvious is that, you know, um, in order to achieve a a high NPS score, obviously you need to have, you know, certain internal efficiencies, operational efficiencies, um, and uh, a culture uh, that is supportive of the customer, right? You can't screw things up and you can't be rude, (laughs) okay? You can be kind and you can be courteous and you can have uh, things taken care of the way they're supposed to be. In addition to that, USAA has a distinctive uh, market selection. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm going to make a presupposition. I, I don't know if this is proven, but I'm, uh, I, I'd, be willing, I'd, I'd be willing to go on the Internet and make an argument for it. <laughs> I strongly suspect that uh, for an insurance agency, one of the things that will drive loyalty is appropriate market selection. And there are a couple of factors. So, Brandon, tell me what you think. Is I think there are a couple of factors that feed into it. One is whenever you have a specialty, um, a niche where you gain expertise, then y- your internal systems can be used over and over and over again. Uh, so that's good. You can create a, um, a common customer journey for the same kind of demographic people that's satisfying to them. You can create an infinite amount of content. Content, um, so uh, you know, you're, so you're constantly giving value and delight to people. So one, I think, uh, just market selection matters. And two, in USAA case, obviously they have selected, um, you know, military and former military as as their area of focus. And I would think that might be a group that uh, leans towards loyalty if they're well treated. I would think absolutely. I mean, you know, being here in San Diego. You know, right. uh, yeah. being exposed to a lot of military families out there is there's there's loyalty training, right? You know, <laughs> that, that, uh, civilians don't benefit from uh, right. that they do, and uh, and and so when a, and so they can really take. I could see why they'd have some really great promoters there, and and I and one of the nice things too to build upon your first point is the uh, the advantage that comes from being able to build a consistent uh, a, a more singular brand voice by having a niche is a real advantage. Um, uh, and, and so that's where something like, uh, um, you know, another company where you'd see kind of like that 79 style score would be a company like Tesla. Um, ah. um, right. Where yeah. They can, they, 
they essentially don't have to do any traditional marketing. Um, they, but you, but one would argue they definitely have a very singular brand voice that's um, that that has created an in-group mm-hmm. um, amongst their customers. Right. Yep. Um, uh, whether that's for environmental reasons or just simply the prestige um, <laughs> that, that a Tesla product uh, yeah, right. um, <laughs> provides. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, it's an in-group, and uh, um, and definitely, you know, USAA has um, come, you know, is addressing a, a very specific in-group that enjoy, you know, enjoys um, that that privilege and, and, and should. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going to uh, read uh, the names of the top of a few, okay? Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. But if people want to, if people wanted to find out more about it, they can go to clearassurance.com and and find it. Uh, at the very top, USAA, seventy nine percent NJM Insurance Group, and honestly, it's not a carrier I'm really familiar with. Seventy three percent Farm Bureau of Tennessee, sixty nine uh, Amica, sixty one. Erie. Now we all know Erie uh, in our space, 61%. And that's really interesting. Another farm, uh, Kentucky Farm Bureau, 61%. Uh, Shelter Mutual, 55%. And that's, that's, that is in car insurance, okay? Um, homeowners insurance, again, USAA at the top at 77%. Um, country Financial, Erie, number three, Amica number four, AAA, uh, Hartford, number five. So uh, it would be re- and Geico, number six, State Farm, number seven. So these are names we're really familiar with, okay? Liberty, Progressive, yeah, Safeco, boom. I mean, I just took us through like the top 10. Those are, those are uh, highly rated companies by their customers. And so, something that's worth mentioning in the case of these two is, is you know, I— I've tracked NPS and, and paid attention to some of these benchmarks out there because you just always wonder, you know, and even if it's not your industry, um, you still want to um, look to see how Tesla's doing. And, you know, <laughs> um, there are definitely the rise and fall of, uh, of companies. Um, uh, so that is one of the nice things about NPS score in general is, you know, on a, on a good year, it's very mobile. Um, uh, we've worked, you know, to raise NPS scores different places and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And, yep. and it, it is, you know, and I can spend a little time speaking to how you do that. Um, um, the, uh, um, but it, but it is a mobile number. It's not just a given measurement of the market. Oh yeah, right, right. I mean, it. <laughs> it I mean, the whole, the whole um, uh, principle behind this is that it's highly actionable. Right. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. some things maybe uh, uh, are tactical, we'll, and we will get into that. And some things may be more strategic, and I think we should get into that too. True, true. Um, and you're also you're a little bit at the whim too of um, of outside influences. So take something like McDonald's, right? Yeah. I, I don't know what you know, but I, we, I think we have to assume that over the course of the past 15 years, the NPS score at McDonald's has has probably dropped significantly, though I, though I think their financial numbers have climbed, right? Um, and that probably has to do with more like branching into other markets has probably impacted their financial numbers. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in the United States, um, you know, a movie comes out that sabotages them. Their competitors learn to use dialogue against them um, in other, you know, in their advertising. Mm-hmm. There's a general sentiment around McDonald's though they haven't changed their product you know, in 20, 30 years, um, uh, for, and they probably haven't changed their services that much either. So ah. for all intents and purposes, they're a stable organization in terms of how they deliver customer experience, but the outside influence, right. um, the climate, um, uh, has probably made you know ha- had them fall out of favor quite a bit. Um, clearly, uh, we don't operate a business in a vacuum, and I think the insurance yeah, right. agency biz is a uh, like a prime example of um, uh, of of an industry you know uh, of running a business within an in- industry that has some turbulence and uncertainty. And so the NPS score, it would seem, would be a good finger on the pulse. Now, uh, I, I'm curious, I'm putting you on the spot with a question here. Uh, it, so in general, uh, ha- have there been studies that indicate that, um, oh, you know, other things notwithstanding, when the NPS score rises, that's reflected uh, in financial health, and when it falls, that's reflected in financial health? Yeah, Absolutely. So, so, you know, uh, for the sake of the viability of the businesses that I've worked with, um, 
I have to justify the business reason um, for NPS and dedicating body right. um, yeah. to that. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so so I've had to, to figure out, does this correlate to predicting churn? Does this, um, you know, uh, um, does this affect the bottom and the top line? Um, and, and it definitely does. And, that, and that's, in, you know, um, there's a lot of really great case studies from Bain and inside the ultimate question, the book I mentioned. Right. Um, uh, um, that walk through uh, the kind of well-documented shifts in uh, in financial numbers mm-hmm. um, based on pivots in NPS. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it's also just kind of common sense too, right? Um, in the sense that okay, if I can uh, if I can take all my detractors, the people who are marching around town um, with a bad taste in their mouth about my business, and I can shape their experience by listening to them, understanding that. Then altering that experience, remeasuring, confirming that I've done that. Um, it's common sense that that would be it, good for your business and prevent <laughs> churn. And I think that's its biggest, you know, advantage is it's about reducing churn um, in a lot of ways. Not uh, so much uh, about kind of exposing to new markets, mm-hmm. but about reducing your current churn. Um, well, you mentioned the word case study, and so at some point, uh, very shortly, I'm going to explode if I don't share one, which was done by <laughs> by Bain. Okay. Um, but, uh, well, so um, let me go for it right now. Uh, so Bain did a study on the insurance customer and uh, determined uh, there were some really interesting things in that study. Uh, but u- ultimately, I think um, uh, a, a, uh, a decent examination of it um, is a, really provides a strategic breakthrough for the independent insurance agency principle. Okay, so one of the observations was that um, between, let's say, the two channels, the direct channel represented, let's say, by Geico, and the independent agency channel represented by so many companies and so many agencies that we know, um, each channel has its strength, and the direct channel um, is stronger at customer acquisition. The agency channel is stronger at customer retention and, in fact, customer loyalty. So the direct channel is willing to pay literally 50% more to get a customer than the agency channel is, and they're willing to live with a much higher level of churn, whereas the agency right. channel really doesn't uh, suffer the churn nearly as much. Now, here's what they discovered within the agency channel. Um, th- those uh, like customers who uh, will score a, a promoter, and, uh, 9 or 10, okay? Uh-huh. This is what you get out of it. You get a 97% retention rate. In other words, the 9s and 10s uh, retain okay. at 97%. They buy 25% more insurance. They consolidate 88% of all of their insurance purchases with one provider. And they refer 250% more referrals than a neutral. In other words, they refer 2.5 friends or colleagues. Really? Because that, that, that's the proof in the pudding on the NPS question. It's not just will you, it's are you referring friends and colleagues. Right. right. It's not all hypothetical. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's, this is real life. Okay. So, and, and the neutrals refer one, and the detractors uh, don't refer friends and colleagues. They complain. <laughs> okay. Yep. And so, and so uh, Bain's analysis was that the NPS customer at 9 or 10, the promoter delivers seven times, literally 700% of the customer lifetime value of the detractor and 300% the customer lifetime value of the neutral. Well, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, to me, the, the numbers are stunning. I mean, I, I pay attention to things like, oh, this is 7% better. So, like, if I've got a test going on, a marketing right. test, and one is 7% better, I'm going to go, oh, ba- there. If, if it's 70%, it's like, oh, my God, that's so obvious. 700%, it's like, just stop the trains, redesign the infrastructure. This is what we're doing. Basically, we are... We are building a business, the journey of which, the infrastructure of which, the culture of which is designed to create the deepest level of loyalty and attract those who uh, lean towards loyalty. Boom. So, yeah, 
I love it. Uh, yeah, so uh, let me shift that. Let, let me shift that for a second. Okay. So, because I think that it, that comes down to so much of what we're doing on our team um, when we're looking at NPS is we're saying we're constantly asking the question, okay, we have this detractor, and, we're, and, and we see them as a number, mm-hmm. you know, and then we see them as a name, yeah. and then we see their comment, and, then, and we're constantly asking the question, how do we get this detractor to be a neutral or a promoter? What would we have to do? And it's actually always, it, some, you know, sometimes it's harder than others, yeah. but it's actually usually a fairly straightforward conversation. It's like, oh, well, this person is a detractor because they didn't feel we returned their phone calls, um, and this has happened several times, mm-hmm. and enough is enough. Um, and so the question of how do I turn them into a promoter, it's like, well, first, we need to call and apologize, okay? Second, yeah. we need to figure out what system caused that to happen, right. and then we need to give them an experience that's different than that. But that's how you move that person who gave you a, a zero through five, and that's what a detractor is. So mm-hmm. that's the bottom half is, um, uh, is a detractor. Um, the, uh, how you move them from that score up to a nine or a ten, it happens, and it just means treating them like a human but there is a, almost a roadmap um, that says where they're raising their hand. I'm saying I'm unhappy. This is why I'm unhappy. And what you know, and 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 you you just kind of exercise your customer service skills or um, your you know your human uh, empathy skills mm-hmm. to move them. And you and you can and and it's not just one off at a time. You can start to notice. Hey, a lot of people are saying we're not returning. Ah, calls. so that now there's a pattern, right. and we can fix yeah. we can fix the infrastructure of the business. Yeah, yeah, and you, and you, you know, every business, every insurance agent out there is going to be limited in terms of their resources to work on the business. Right. right? Um, you, everybody would say, "Oh, I'd like to, to improve customer service. I'd like to improve um, the way that people understand our products. I'd like to improve these things, whatever the case may be." But but you can only carve out so much of your day to improving your business. Um, and so NPS tells you it helps you set a priority in terms of like you know what. We're going to work on the, the phone call hold time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's a thing to work on right now because that's producing a lot of detractors for us, and I at least want them to be neutral. Let me, let me ask you uh, another another question. <clears throat> my, my listeners might not be surprised about this one because it's it has to do with market selection, and Michael's always talking about market selection. Um, sure. I, I presume that sometimes you're going to look at a, a detractor score and the comment and say, this guy was a bad fit. Yep, absolutely. And, and so then you've got a different problem, which is um, <laughs> who gets attracted into the funnel and, and who gets um, uh, converted into the funnel. There, right? Is you know, I, you know, any studies of churn across any industry really start with 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 a, are you sure you're selling to the right person? Question. Uh huh. And I and you know the motivations of the sales process or a sales team, but just the process is uh, is one that lends itself to optimizing that, right? And so they are they are by nature probably not doing their job to the if they're not producing a handful of clients here and there that aren't a perfect fit um yeah okay got it right right and and when you've got a i mean you've got it when you have a sales system with a sales team and incentives to make a sale yeah uh, you know you 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 might you might throw a few fish in the bucket uh, or in the boat that you know (laughs) right it didn't belong there yeah it kind of didn't belong there yeah so we when we identify those um, uh, you know, so I have the luxury of not having to be beholden to, to, to that process yeah, um, as we right. work on customer experience. Right. So I can start to say, hey, we're hearing a lot of people um, saying that they expect this. Um, I need that to be removed from the sales conversation. Um, so, so I can kind of pinpoint those things and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we can poke fun at um, the sales process or the sales team, that sort of thing. But they, they're, they're generally pretty great people. These are people that are trying to match people with the product, and that's what they're doing with 90, you know, 5% of their time. Right on. Um, and so, so my experience has been um, being able to provide them with that feedback um, or just have that feedback in my own mind as I create messaging for our organizations. They're like, you know what? I don't want to create a miss. Um, I, I can course correct a little bit here. I, it sounds like we've been a little overzealous or promising a little too much here or not explaining this one thing clearly enough, and people are assuming X, Y, Z, yeah. and that's leading to them being disappointed, which is not a moment I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think on the insurance end, um, there's a lot of opportunities for 
hey, how can we prevent disappointing moments? Because that's exactly that's usually what lives in your detractor comments are, hey, I bought this for a reason. I, nobody buys anything thinking they're going to become a detractor, right? <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> thinks that they're, hey. they're excited about that moment of purchase um, or that that commitment to that new insurance agent or that commitment to the you know to that new grocery store, whatever the case may yeah. be. Um, they're optimistic. Um, and so it's always about having let down some expectation. So some people might go through life as, as generally as detractors. Nothing you can do. Nothing you can do about it. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I'm, I want to dive into NPS as it relates to the Independent Insurance Agency. But first, I, I have a kind of practical question first. Do you think that there are... Um, oh, uh, like times or places where NPS, it, it, it should, it's, it's not the right tool. Like, yeah, pe- yeah. talk to us about that. So, so, um, you know, I think, uh, um, if it's a extremely small business where you're managing something sensitive for somebody, um, so I actually think something like, uh, NPS, um, for, a, uh, a for a financial advisor, um, which on average um, is only going to have a handful of clients, right, um, uh, is a tough fit. Um, they, I think they need to measure loyalty in other ways. Yeah, but in, in, and here's kind of the logic behind that, and you can apply that to other places. Um, uh, the NPS score is only as good as somebody's willingness to be honest with you. Um, and, and it's not to say that uh, the financial advisors' customers aren't honest with them. They're just not at liberty to um, do that. Um, if somebody is sitting on $2 million, you know, $2 million <laughs> or sitting on your retirement, and they say, hey, how, how likely are you to refer me to a friend? Uh, <laughs> it takes a lot of nerve to say, you know, you're kind of a two, and I, I don't really like the way you talk to me on the phone. Um, some businesses are you know what, I'm just going to move on. You're, you know, uh, yeah. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you why. Your, your barber is another example. Uh, uh, NPS is not going to be good for your barber. For the guy who's holding scissors to your hair, yeah. um, uh, it, people aren't going to feel at liberty to be honest. You know? mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, I'm not going, I, I ain't going back again anyway. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you just move on. All right. But for an, for an agency, you know, where we've got, I mean, in usually thousands of customers yep. it's a good fit right yep yeah. people feel comfortable is what we've seen okay so yep. let's dig into it so I'll, I'll i'll ask a couple of questions to get the ball rolling on the use of nps in an agency um i've had a presumption and i i may have i may have read it and i may have made it up and that is that it's it's easier to turn a neutral into a promoter. In other words, to elevate a neutral than it is to elevate a detractor. Is there any you know about that? Oh, you know what? I'm I'm really not sure. Okay, maybe not. I think I. But no, no, it could be true. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be true. You know, we do track um, individuals over time just so we can. Um, uh, understand, hey, are we having an impact um, uh, on people? Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, um, but, it, but I guess my biases come to play here is I, I personally get really motivated yeah. um, okay. uh, when, I, when I see an individual. And so I, so <clears throat> I, dive, I dive at it like I'm, I want to turn everybody into a promoter. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Um, and so, 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 let's, so talk about like the actual practical use of NPS in an in independent insurance agency. So here's the way it's going to work for folks, and and, and honestly, I, 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 you know, you 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 teed this conversation up this way, but I do want to be clear. I highly recommend this. The, the, uh, measuring NPS um, for the businesses that I've worked with has been a deeply fulfilling process in terms of both having ways to impact the business and create a better business, um, but also just to feel like your energies are going to the right place as a business owner or just somebody who cares about the business. Um, um, sometimes you just sort of run out of ideas mm-hmm. um, and you enter maintenance mode. Um, and, 
Uh, and I think that, you know, that's not a lot of fun. Um, and so NPS has been very invigorating to the organizations that I've seen, uh, that I've been a part of right. it for and that I've seen implemented. Um, ha- have you seen an impact that, that NPS can have an impact on the culture? So in other words, it's not yeah. just Brandon Brown and his team and, and maybe, um, you know, the, uh, the the senior management like talking NPS, but have you noticed that there's like um, when the NPS process and results are shared with the company and employees in general, um, what does that do to the culture of the company? It puts the focus in all the same places at the same time. You know, so so yeah, it definitely it impacts culture in a couple of ways. One, it creates a common language, which I think can be really beneficial. Um, because everybody has their own kind of ways that they kind of like to describe moving the needle based on their previous experience or lack of. Um, and net promoter score is, hey, we're going to do it this way. We're going to use these words, mm-hmm. and this is the way, this is the way we're going to consume information, and we're all going to do it together. So now everybody's kind of like uh, running the same playbook. Um, um, and then on top of that, um, it creates some interesting successes and failures um, together. Um, ah, uh-huh. uh, you know, let's say you're trying to, you know, you get hit by a windfall of like, hey, we're starting to um, to get this, we're starting to see this pattern. Um, uh, we all, it's not an anecdote of one, you know, individual saying, hey, I heard this, which can feel not like ah, uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> a little antagonistic, right? But when it's, but, but when you when you put it in the uh, the context of a report, essentially which is what NPS is, um, it's, it's, it's neutral. You know, it, it's, um, uh, it's safe for everybody to talk about it and not um, necessarily point fingers, but say this is the problem being presented to us very clearly by the market, not by the person I sit next to. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, down the hall that I don't, you know, get along, whatever. Um, uh, so, it, so it creates a common goal in that respect. And, of course, when you start to win and fix things, um, it's a that's a neat moment for any organization, really of any size. Um, and uh, so it, it generally does give you some direction about which things to fix. Yeah. Right. It, it, so, it, I think it, yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, let me let me con- let me contrast it. You said something that. Um, Oh, you know, really jumped out at me, which is that uh, like contrasting this with the anecdotal. All right. So uh, I think every business owner can relate to this one, Um, you know, and I so I've got 40 years of dealing with this one where. Uh, let's say in an insurance agency, as an example, you know, CSR comes to the agency principal, you know, and like uh, really down face and really feeling like hurt and, you know, a little, little, little uh, downcast. And it's like, hey, you know, hey, boss, um, I just talked to customer, you know, so and so. And they said this. And so therefore, we're this. Right. Because anecdotes, right. N- narratives can have tremendous emotional impact because they're stories. Right. Yep. But some, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll discover that, you know what, that that customer really was just one out of, you know, thousands. And uh, we're not going to fix it because maybe they're not a good fit or it was right. such a one off experience that. OK, you see what I'm saying? Um, it, yeah, so it um, that that anecdotal stuff it can be really valuable because I think it can give you know the stories do have some power, but they need to be put into some perspective, and the NPS does provide that perspective. Yep. So so what'll happen, you know, is I'll get an anecdote, um, you know, which I am, you know, I'm a very data driven person, um, uh, uh, um, and so I'll get an anecdote and I'll be naturally a little skeptical um, of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Because because I am my my experience has taught me to be that and that's it's my bias. Um, so I'll I'll immediately you know go to my team and say, are we seeing this in the NPS results as well? Uh, so, yeah. So, okay. So that, right. Like an example would be like let's say we have a business that I've worked with that has um it's a CRM tool um uh, and it's just a, it's just for managing contacts um which is a CRM in the in the financial services mm-hmm. um, So we'll get an anecdote of like really upset customer. Um, this and then um, da, 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 they had trouble uploading their contacts. Let's just say something like that. Um, and and it's like, okay, good. I'm glad to know that. Now I need to decide if we as an organization are going to take action on that. And I definitely can't do it with just this one story. 
trust. So I, what I do is I basically trust and then go to verify. And so I'll, we'll comb through the, the – we usually kind of have the NPS responses sort of memorized, but we'll but – we'll, but ah. take this, we'll comb through mm-hmm. um, and we'll say – yeah, you know what? Here's a few other people that said something kind of similar. So it kind of this may kind of be a thing, um, maybe a pattern, um, or more often than not, actually, what I'll see is I don't see it anywhere here. So let's keep listening. But for right now, I'm going to move on, and we're not going to take any action on that. And that and that to me is really really valuable um, to you know to make that hard decision of yes, I hear that emotional conversation that you just had with a client. And that sounds like something we should watch. I don't see it in the NPS results, but definitely going to be watching for that next time. And a lot of those things just disappear, and they were nothing. Um, and other things, was it was a little bit of a, you know, a finger in the wind of like, ah, you know what? That was a tide on its way. Ah, um, yeah. Okay, so, got it. Finger in the wind. So trust but verify. So um, as you mentioned earlier, the, the NPS has uh, – two parts to it. <laughs> one is numerical, one through 10 or zero through 10. And then the other one is, um, it's kind of a narrative question. Yeah. Right. right exactly. Do, so do you find that the, um, the, the narrative question one, I presume, presumably you see patterns emerge. Yeah. Yep. And two, you might see language emerging. Like you begin to discover that there's a common way customers talk about something. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying that as a marketer. When, when, when you know, mar- marketers frequently will survey with a similar, like an ask survey, real simple, you know, like, um, what, what is your, what's your single biggest marketing problem or what's your single business, single, single, you know, most daunting challenge in your business right now? And, and then people will, uh, you know, provide narrative answers to that question. And oftentimes you'll see, oh, so many people are using this word or these, uh, this, this phrase that means something. Yep. I, I, I need to know that when I communicate to the market. So presumably you see that also on the customer support satisfaction side. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I at this point, you know, I speak fluent customer. <laughs> you know? um, yeah, right. Yeah. It, it, because because you know, in, you're right. You learn to kind of use their words, and also just kind of a huh. So this was a, their expectation, it, it, you know, it, and that that can be surprising. And at a certain point, you you know, when people's expect, you could kind of talk about not having a, a customer who's a having a customer who's not the right fit. But at a certain point, you get enough of them to say, this is what we are to these people. Uh (laughs) Um, This is what they're expecting. For whatever confluence of reasons that led to this, they're using this this language and these words, um, and they're expecting it, and they're disappointed that it's not happening. Or or they love that it's happening. This also happens on the positive end, that you're a a pleasant surprise that you didn't know you were. Um, But um, but so that's... That's where this has been really, you know, part of the way this has been really fulfilling is um, really getting inside the headspace of your clients in their own words. Um, and, you know, uh, I'll, I'll kind of walk through um, to answer like a, an earlier question that mm-hmm. you asked. Because yeah. I think it'll help paint this picture. Mm-hmm. So, so, so when, when an insurance agent basically sends an NPS survey, this is what it looks like. It goes out to all their clients, let's say. Um, uh, um, or we do a lot of segmenting, but either way, let's say it goes out to all your clients to survey it, asks those two questions. How likely are you to recommend us to a friend? Why or why not? Um, a, uh, a bunch of answers come back, um, and so very instantly you get your calculation, um, and let's say your calculation is positive 30, which is not bad, not bad at all, um, uh, um, uh, is in the good health range. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to come through of like, all right, how many of those were promoters? How many are tractors? You just start to kind of really process the information. Um, and then you sit and you read through the comments. And I usually sort them by detractors. Yeah, I sort them by their uh-huh. So, And about 50%, maybe 40%, 50% will actually write a response. Okay, I was wondering what percentage, percentage usually, uh, yeah, how yeah. many responses you get on that. Okay. You're, uh, unfortunately... <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, your, your detractors will usually give you a response, which is good. Um, uh, ah, yeah, your promo- okay. Your promoters won't say much. They'll kind of give you a 9 to 10. Sometimes they'll say something, um, but they're less likely. Uh-huh. Um, um, which is good because it means that that detractor is, is grabbing at a straw there. They're, 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 they took extra time. Okay, okay. So, so, so they're saying, they're, they're pretty much saying, you want to save me? 
Here it is. Let's right? do it. Okay, yeah. let's do it. It's up to you now. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into the sort do. of the, the, the practical execution yeah. of NPS in an in independent insurance agency. What should they know? Yeah. I mean, one, you should know that you're going to need to carve out a little bit of time to take action. It. It, it is fun to just consume the data as data and say, huh, we're a plus 50, and pat yourselves on the back um, and learn and read through the comments and learn some things about yourself. Um, that is an option, actually, to sit and consume it and take no action. Ah, have yeah. No bandwidth, but at least you're <clears throat> smarter. You know, you're, at least you know more about your business in the words of your customers, not in the words of you or your marketing team or your vision or whatever the case when, is. When you, to your customer. Do, uh, what do you do with those comments? Do you share those comments with, I, I should know the answer to this, but to the whole company or to your team? How do, how do you deal with that when they come so, in? So we'll put together an analysis. Um, which we just kind of put together a slide deck. Um, uh-huh. uh, so we'll share the score, of course, um, and then we'll share, um, we'll group the reason. Yeah. We've done a number of different ways of right. presenting the data, and this is actually kind of a fun thing to play with. But I, but I as, a, as a driver in the business, I'm really just trying to draw the, the, the company's attention in a few spots. So I'll basically highlight a few comments um, uh, or, or, t- or categories of comments, like, you know, Long hold times. Yeah, great, got it. Um, easy to use tools, and I'll and I'll um, and then I'll share some of the comments below that. Like I'll put the the actual words from the people so that they can really feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we also have gone, you know, to great. So yeah, we'll share that stuff pretty openly. What doesn't work, um, I found, is actually just saying, "Hey, here's the spreadsheet with everybody's scores and comments um, uh, with the organization or with departments." Uh, it's a little too much. Yeah. Um, it, t- it requires kind of a, um, a steely-eyed look you know, <laughs> to, to, not, to not get burned reading that. Yeah. So what I'll do is actually, we, we, you know, we're a large enough organization, I'll break it up by department. So, so my team will sit, they'll go through the comments and they'll say, you know what, I'm going to send these um, uh, um, 30 people um, to customer service because they, they actually need to take action on this. Um, uh-huh. This is for them. Uh, and the product team, the people, the developers making the new features, I'm going to send them these these ten comments because they need to know about these. So I'll, I'll break it up by department and personnel. Yeah. Um, and that's something that an insurance agent can do too. You know, they don't need to flood everybody with everything. Um, I, I find that people, uh, as much as I'm, I love geeking out on this stuff. Uh, um, you may be able to get your coworkers to geek out on the full breadth of the the report once. But they're not going to look at it every uh, six months um, uh, um, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, but but um, in in an agency, <clears throat> um, it, you know, at least in in the way I think the way that the platform or the tool has been designed uh, in, for example, an agency revolution, there's a. Um, uh, like a daily or a gradual spooling out of the NPS score over the course of the year. Am I right about that? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. It trickles it out by segment. Yep. Okay. And 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 so it's possible that like it, every morning, um, you know, the agency can see. Oh, these are the responses that we got. Yep. Okay. Yep. That is. That, yeah. Or on, or on a uh, on a on a cadence, I think a little broader than okay. daily. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, on a regular cadence. On a regular they, cadence, uh, they can see what... Now, uh, it can also be integrated with other communications, right? Yeah. So, so yep. how, how are people using it effectively now, do you know? Well, the, yeah, I mean, this is, we, we, I've used this with um, different tech companies, and the way that agents are using this as well is your promoters are the people who are going to refer you. So asking for a referral, there's not a lot of point in asking your detractors for a referral. Right. Um, uh, and in fact, you it can be a little off-putting, right? Uh, <laughs> um, the, uh, especially if they just filled out a survey where they said they didn't <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Um, okay, so there's so so number one, it would seem there's a triage. We got yeah, the detractors, the, the neutrals, triage. and the promoters. The detractors, again, depending on resources and strategic decision, boom, let's reach out to them and see if we can fix the problem and move them up, right? Uh, maybe same with the neutrals, you know, let's see, see what, you know, what do we need to do to get you from an eight to a nine or a 10, right? Uh, now with the nines and tens, the promoters, it would seem that they are ripe for, um, 
referrals or to be reminded of, of, you know, your, of, of your referral program or something along those lines. And and perhaps uh, would be an appropriate time to direct them to a positive Google review. Yep, exactly. Yeah, that, that's just it. Is, is you, you, would, you wouldn't want to invite your entire, I mean, you can, but you wouldn't want to invite your entire customer base to write a Google review because you're going to get... <laughs> no, don't do that. One. Right. But so in a perfect world, you want to invite the promoter, you know, the people who are going to just give you five-star reviews, and that and that's your promoters. So, so it's, a, it's a real nice shortcut to, to fluffing, not, not fluffing, cause, um, but to kind of pushing the right people to your reviews and reflecting, you know, the business that you really kind of aspire to and that, that, it, that it reflects the best, pos- the best possible customer experience. Right on. And that's your promoter's yeah. experience. Okay. So, so, uh, so it sounds like um, once this is integrated into the agency, it, um, th- there, there are a few workflows that are appropriate. I mean, one, you, you got to set it up so it's going out. Boom. Okay. Yep. Uh, two, yep. you need to make your triage decision. What are we going to do for our detractors? What are we going to do for the neutrals? What are we going to do for the promoters? Right. Probably uh-huh. send the promoters to Google review and, um, uh, you know, remind them about the referral campaign. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then maybe, you know, one-on-one reach out to the, you know, to the ones you're trying to elevate. Boom. Relatively simple, but potentially extremely powerful. What am I missing? No, you nailed it. I mean, the one thing I'd add to that is is to, you know, use this to have interesting conversations about your business outside of your own headspace, but in in the headspace of your customers. So, you know, talk about this stuff um, with your coworkers. You know, share this with your your spouse. You know, um, these are interesting conversations. It, uh, owning a business is a really special experience. Um, uh, and there are some really um, positive but challenging moments that the NPS um, uh, results can provide if mm-hmm. you're willing to look at them in the face. Um, and I love the way that you broke down the actionable items because that's perfect. That that's how you that's a, that's the day to day work. Okay, of, that's of, it. Of, uh, of of having NPS as a part of your uh, portfolio of of, of uh, business growth tools. All right. Um, well, I'm, I have a, a, a little bit of a closing comment, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to see if you have a, another message you want to deliver to the industry. But yeah, here's my closing comment. Um, it, it's that uh, for the independent insurance agency system, okay, it's the only system I'm addressing right now. Not, mm-hmm. not other industries, not other businesses, not other channels in the industry. It's that... Um, at the strategic core of the decisions that an agency principal needs to make, they need to ponder that the money is in the relationship. The depth of the relationship turns into length of relationship and turns into um, other measurable aspects like policy per customer and revenue per customer, a number of referrals, and all of those things that generate maximum customer lifetime value. The money's in the relationship. Uh, that, has a, that has a few strategic implications, but clearly one of them is that y- you, you need to have your finger on the pulse of the relationship. Your retention rate and your policy per customer count uh, you could say are uh, lagging indicators. The NPS score is a little bit more of a leading indicator, and it puts uh-huh. your finger on the pulse so that now you can go adjust um, uh, strategically and tactically actions that then impact those lagging indicators of policy per customer count, retention, referrals. Boom. So, um, I, I, by the way, I've been a, I've been a believer in this. Um, uh, in this uh, concept and this principle, uh, honestly, since back in the days when I was the uh, CEO and 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 uh-huh. uh, actively involved, but you know, like as you know, uh, resources need to be allocated over time, and so I am thrilled that uh, the uh, you know the engineers have uh, put together what seems to me a really beautiful, elegant-looking platform for NPS. So. 
boom, I'm off my soapbox about the importance of customer relationship. Uh, Brandon, what, um, any, I mean, maybe there's something I missed, so I'll let you pick up on that or, uh, you know, final word, parting words to, uh, to our listeners. No, I, 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 I can be brief with it too. I think you captured it really nicely. Um, I am always kind of um, uh, obsessing over different ways um, that I and my team can have a positive impact on the business. Um, and so for me, when I discovered MTS, um, it was a way to really channel that uh, uh, in a way that I knew was meaningful because I had data and I had real stories and it was in mass, you know, not just mm-hmm. one-off items, right. where I knew I could have impact on the business that would be meaningful. Um, because, like I said, a lot of this stuff is common sense, but the, the being able to draw focus to the right places mm-hmm. um, is the hard part. And that's what NPS um, uh, gives an agents out there the power to do. It's, it's, it's just really neat. So I, I, I just, uh, I've said it a few times, but it's been a very fun experience. Um, uh, um, it's made uh, um, working on a business more fulfilling for me um, and more impactful. And, and, and with other people, um, I've seen it be the same thing for them. And, and so I, for that reason alone, um, I would uh, encourage every agent out there to, to explore that um, and make it, yeah, make it a, make it a thing. Make it a thing. <clears throat> Brandon, uh, thank you for a terrific conversation. Uh, really appreciate it. Likewise. It's a really important Likewise. topic. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.